of the 2015 tax year. That means you can still get a tax deduction for the new year and also support your radio station. So again, just go to kpfa.org. Thanks. And you are listening to 94.1 KPFA and 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, 97.5 K248BR in Santa Cruz and online at kpfa.org. The time is 3.30. Stay tuned next for Cover to Cover. Hello, welcome to this edition of Cover to Cover Open Book, or as I like to say, Frame to Frame. My name is Raina Cowan, and I'll be here for the next half hour talking about film. One of the films that struck me this past year is a new film uh, entitled Mustang. It's directed by Denise Gamze Arguvan, and uh, she is a Turkish-born, French-raised director, and uh, this is her first film. It's a very interesting film, wonderful film actually. It's set in a remote Turkish village and depicts the life of five young orphan sisters uh, and all the issues that they are facing as they're growing up in a more conservative society. So, Denise, welcome to KPFA. Hello, thank you very much for, for having me. So, why don't we start, what was it that inspired you to make this film? I had a sense of urgency uh, to tackle a specific subject, which was what it is to be a woman in Turkey. And what struck me the most was uh, a filter of sexualization through which women are perceived, uh, and it starts at a very, very early age, just as in the opening of the film when the girls uh, play this very innocent game when they sit on the shoulders of the boys and trigger an immense little, uh, an immense scandal in their village and are accused of having done something obscene. It's something that starts off uh, quite early in the life of, of girls, and that's what Well, it's such an interesting way that you tackled it because what we learn about these five sisters, they're orphans, and there is a a freedom and a sensuality and a belief in themselves that you can see at the very beginning that winds up getting whittled away in different kinds of ways. Do you think that that is something that um, captures something about Turkish society? Yes, indeed. There's something very uh, uh, boiling uh, in a beautiful way in Turkish youth. Uh, when young kids uh, went down in the streets in 2013 to protest, there was something which was uh, full of humor, full of life. And, um, yeah, and plus it, it's very caring. People are very... Uh, uh, attention towards one another so so yes it does now uh, you were raised partially in France do you think that there was something about both being an insider and an outsider that gave you the freedom to tell the story in a different kind of way Absolutely, because I I went back and forth so I could zoom in and out of a, a specific condition in Turkey, and I could see that it was not necessarily exactly the same in other places. So something which could have been uh, maybe too familiar to distinguish from the background if I had only lived in Turkey was uh, more striking to me, probably because I was uh, uh, between two cultures, and it, it's something which goes uh, in both ways. My it, 
enlargens uh, the frame of reference. You see the world through very opposite points of views. You uh, through the eyes of, of different people, different cultures, and I think it, yes, it's um, it just enlarges the frame of reference. Now. There is a way, so there, there's these five girls that are really free in a way that I have to say I actually haven't seen in a film before. Uh, that, that, that there's a, 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 a willingness for the camera to luxuriate over, uh, their sensuality to, um, capture this image of freedom in a way that I, th- I found astoundingly beautiful. Uh, so there, is something also very risque about what you're doing. Like in some ways, you're doing uh, what the girls are doing. That you're trying to say that it's okay to show a certain level of freedom. Yeah, uh, I wanted to. Well, first of all, there are five girls, and it uh, gives an exponential power to everything about them. So they're so much more lively. They they're very very intimate with one another, and I always thought about them as. Uh, one creature with five heads, ten arms, ten legs, and it's true that they, uh, the, the relation they have towards one another is as if it was the extension of themselves. They're at that level of uh, intimacy, and uh, in a way, I really wanted to um, to film them from every angle possible and and really uh, say that we can look at a body of a young girl and it, without that specific filter I was telling you about, uh, saying that. Most of the time, um, what women do or girls do is not sexual, and and it's possible to look at them in a non, uh, uh, without thinking about uh, sexuality all the time. For example, there's an anecdote I often say uh, about uh, Turkish school directors who, uh, who not all of them, of course, it's uh, but who can decide that girls and boys won't take the same staircase when they go to to class and for me in a way they're saying that when when they're going to math class at 8 o'clock in the morning there's something very very sexual happening in in that staircase and it's a way of saying that everything, every inch of skin of girls every action that they can do uh, is sexual and I'm trying to say the the opposite through this film I'm trying to say yes sexuality exists but it's not the whole uh, it's not the whole uh, life sometimes you're just boiling an egg and, and that's it well, so let's think about the story. You know, it tells the story of these five girls who are um, who are orphaned. Did you come up with a backstory in your mind? Uh, well, what happened? Sorry. No, because I just had this idea that there was a way that they had parents who possibly were much freer. Yeah, definitely. You just got you. You're on the spot. Oh, um, sorry. <laughs> the first draft of the film was uh, of the script was written in one breath. So I just had uh, these characters just barging into my life, and and once it was done, it was a script that didn't tolerate so much change. It so uh, most uh, of the work was about establishing that backstory. And at that point, I really had the impression that film already exists; those girls already existed, and I was just uh, um, digging out the, the the story. Like you start asking yourself, okay, so when did their parents die, and you. You get a date, so where did they live? Well, of course, in the city, uh, which city? And then I was asking myself, like, what, what was the age of the girls when their parents died? And so it meant the the older, uh, the eldest girl was seven years old, which is quite a big deal. She must have heard... Uh, 
seen the world in a, in a city like Ankara, for example, and have heard different values of those of, of the village. So yes, they are a bit foreigners in this village, and and they have something about uh, Chekhov's uh, three sisters who who dream of the big city and, and of someplace else. So that there's a way that that they were raised in freedom, and I guess initially they're raised now by their grandmother, who it seems like is trying to take the way that they were raised and allow something to happen, uh, but then is somehow pulled by um, another son who says, you are being too free with them. thought she, the grandmother was probably overwhelmed by by the five girls and and of course like she she lost her child so she's a a woman who has gone through great tragedy so probably you know those girls were were just out in the streets later than than other children and played uh, wildly and didn't brush their hair often those were the things i i told myself and um Yes, and when you see them, even now with the, with the young actresses, we travel a lot together. We go from festival to festival, and and they are very, very lively and over, sometimes overwhelming. They're, you know, uh, they we do the scenes of the film wherever we do. They're, they're so they can be uh, uh, a lot to handle. Actually, <laughs> so I, I'm quite empathic with the grandmother. Sometimes I'm yeah, I'm thinking about doing. You know, building walls as well. <laughs> no, they are like I don't know. They, they do each time we go anywhere. They they climb on each other's uh, back and start running around. Uh, you know, shout, scream, uh, climb on on things. People they, they're just really full of life and very wild. So yeah, it can be overwhelming. <laughs> We're speaking with Denise Gomze Arguvan, whose new film Mustang is opening up on Friday. So. Let's think about uh, the way that you directed them, because so here they are. You want them to be free. You're, the camera is capturing their freedom, and yet as a director, um, and you were a pregnant director at the time, I read, that the job is really to create a scene and um, have it be quite structured. So how did you negotiate those things? We spoke a lot about backstory. We worked in a uh, in a context which was really very, very safe. It was a safe haven, uh, very playful, um, and we yeah they were allowed to make mistakes, of course, and and try things. And I had prepared really, really, very much for for this. I had worked the scenes with adult actors before uh, the shooting to debuke anything. You know, sometimes the scene can go. Uh, very differently than what's on paper or the feeling of a scene can be very different when played than what's on paper it's rare but it happens so I really wanted to see if there was like any surprise or anything (coughs) that could go not exactly as I planned, and uh, no, it was a very like just as uh, on a playground when you're children, you just start off uh, uh, saying, "Okay, so you are the pirate, I am this character, let's play," and and then uh, uh, for most of the girls, it was the first time. Uh, yeah, it, we we just um, played. And then, so how did you work with your DP then in terms of trying to make sure that you got things in the way that you wanted them to look? Well, 
We're very, we've been working together with David Chizelle before, and he's extremely talented. And he has this thing about uh, really uh, anchoring himself to actors, and then he's a bit in orbit around them. So he's like uh, a little moon uh, turning around uh, uh, his planet. And what's beautiful sometimes is that what he does with his team as well is that uh, he, he helps little lamps uh, uh, which were dangling from little sticks and uh, his team was walking around the actors as the little solar system you know they were all turning around them so he has this thing which is very sensual very much like a cat um, yeah he's uh, he, he's the place that he takes is really as one of the girls and he yeah he has this um, very very strong bond with actors and that's precious so and what did you tell the girls because uh, I could imagine that that they that they wouldn't really know how to make sense of something like that mm. uh, about uh, sensible scenes we were First of all, I discussed with the parents, and there was a lot in the film about uh, uh, life in general. So I, I had to know uh, who had uh, ever fixed death, who had, who knowed what about many, many, many subjects, and uh, and then sometimes for for the youngest ones. I asked the parents to precede me to to uh, open the subject and and tell them things and, and then we discussed about it and there was something about um, a very strong sense of responsibility because um, uh, they knew that the subject was uh, was sensible uh, was very rarely put um, in the light so so they had something about um, you know telling the story of of these girls which was very. Uh, a big sense of responsibility while doing that. It's funny because sometimes when I've talked to child actors, they just say, well, you know, it's just a story and it's really fun. I get to play characters and make something up. But in hmm. some ways, you're talking about something that actually is capturing the essence of a culture of speaking about something that hasn't really been allowed to be spoken about. So yes. it seems like that these girls had a different kind of responsibility to the material. Definitely. Uh, most of them, of course, they come from uh, families which are freer than, than the characters. Uh, but they, most of the time, we had big discussions about, uh, even if it's on a very small scale, like anything from their own experience that resonated with the experience of the girls. And they know the country they live in. They know, uh, uh, they're very, very sensible. You know, Turkey is a society which is very heterogeneous. You have people who live extremely modern lives. You have, um, very conservative traditional uh, groups as well. You have very rich people, you have very poor people, and it gives them something where uh, a sensibility where, when um, they know about uh, poverty, they know about the social problems of their country, they, they know those things. Like when we were in Los Angeles on Hollywood Boulevard, every day the girls would uh, bring the leftovers of food or anything they had to the homeless. Like they, they did it spontaneously because, you know, they, they know poverty as well. Like they, their vision of, uh, of a society is extremely broad and, and they can, uh, they, yeah, 
their experience of of uh, different conditions of humanity is uh, is already um, very wide. Uh, you're listening to Cover to Cover, Open Book, Frame to Frame. My name is Raina Cowan, and we're speaking with Denise Gamze Arguvan, whose new film, Mustang, opens up on Friday. Uh, so it seems like that there was a way that you were able to communicate your vision to the girls. Uh, what were the issues that came up during filming that were uh, maybe different than what you were expecting? I was more uh, surprised in a good way. I was uh, uh, very moved by them. Uh, plus, the fact that indeed I was pregnant during the shooting made the whole thing very emotional. The film is already quite emotional, and sometimes uh, 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 they were just, you know, they they are so uh, so strong, so bold. There's something about uh, the characters which are. Saying all those things you dreamt you would say, uh, you would have said. For example, the first scene uh, of the film when the girls uh, sit on the shoulders of the boys and, and are accused of having rubbed themselves against the backs of some boys' necks, I was, when I was accused of exactly the same thing, I was too embarrassed to just even uh, take my eyes off the ground. And their reaction of starting breaking the chairs and saying, these chairs touched our assholes, isn't that disgusting, is just... Uh, is heroic. So there was a really uh, something that I could see and feel, which was their power. Uh, and the, the funny thing is, this is a film, and, and now the, the girls of the, uh, the, the young actresses have um, uh, integrated the, the behavior of the characters as normal social behavior. So they, they, for them, you know, after having played uh, in the film, and, and they redo the remake of the scenes uh, with their iPhones all the time. So now it, it has become the norm, and they're like that. They're very uh, uh, bold, and and yeah, I, I, the, the main thing I could feel during, which was a, not a surprise, but but you know, you just it's so much different than on paper, was their strengths. So it almost seems like what you did in this film is that almost like that there was a thought waiting to happen and then it you created it and then it it kind of became free. Mm, yeah. Yes, but then the, there was something about the script, the story, which is really articulated like a little clock. Uh, there's something which was um, uh, powerful and, and, and strong during the shooting, something that... Uh, yeah, we, we we had a lot of things for for us while we were shooting the film. A lot of very solid uh, uh, basis. Uh, the the acting of the girls, the girls, uh, the script was very solid, and the location. So there was something which was, uh, you know, the, it was, yeah, it was a a big machine ready ready to roll. You're right. <laughs> Well, so one of the um, the things that I would imagine that you had to deal with while shooting is that as the girls do more things, they become there's more and more restrictions in the house, mm -hmm. and you have to make a decision as the director whether we as the audience are going to become feel completely claustrophobic by what's happening, or whether we're still going to hold on to the sense of freedom and possibility. Um. Uh 
uh, there was something that, for example, I could. Uh, there's something very uh, emotional or almost musical when you write a script and you feel the movements of the of a film. And it's true that uh, the beginning of the film is so free and fun and and alive that I I knew that the audience could could go in a completely opposite direction and hold their breath for a while. And uh, the movements of the film were uh, were very obvious, too. Like, we knew uh, emotionally, like, how high you can get, how, how low you can get, how uh, and how it had to eventually finish. And... Um, uh, yes, I, I think there, there's something where, with a lot of humor, uh, and uh, uh, if you start off with something so glorious, so fun, you can take the audience in a in a dark pit at some point. Yes, um, and there's a, a lot of um, development of the girls. That you know, there's five girls, and they all have. Uh, at the beginning, you said that they were sort of like um, one person, but in some ways, they're also very different, and and they all respond to their world in really different ways. Mm. Yes. Uh, well, there's something about uh, each each. Uh, the fate of each of the girls is defined almost in reaction or in opposition to the previous one and um, there's something for me each time a, a girl came out of the story it was a as if that monster with five heads was losing an arm or a leg and it would just like assess wounds and recompose and, and strike back eventually. Um, but it's true, they all have a, very strongly a different personality and um, uh, yeah, it was um, uh, something, yeah, the, the, the main feeling of uh, of loss that perjures in the in the film in the end is that even if uh, we're going towards something at least an attempt to be very very glorious we we know everything that has been lost in the way well so I guess that uh, you know one of the things that happens is that the grandmother in response to the girl's freedom starts basically preparing them and trying to marry them all off and uh, the youngest girl is the narrator of the film so uh, at least we're always identifying with that that she has some kind of understanding of everything that has happened uh, what made you decide to have a narrator uh, in the film very very organically there was something about uh, the language that she had because she's a, the film is, is very much written uh, for me as an action movie like everything is told through movements through little actions even if it's in the dom domestic frame of a, of a regular house so, uh, but so I, I had to have a, her tone there when she says things like uh, uh, her view on the world was very much in the music of that voiceover that comes at some point of the film when she says our shapeless shit colored dresses that was um, uh, her, her yes uh, for, for a character that doesn't talk so much it was a way of um, of having her humor her tone her her music in the film 
It's interesting because uh, I think that this is something that um, gets talked about a lot in a lot of different ways. That you know that there's sometimes when someone is restricted in how they're supposed to live, and then instead of living in that restricted way, they figure out small moments of rebellion. And I think that the girls in this film uh, have different ways that they do that, particularly the oldest and the youngest. Hmm. Well, each time, each time they, uh, if they face any kind of limitation, they find a way, and it depends on the... Uh, of course, the character of the girls, whatever they have in hand, like they are, uh, they receive a blow, and uh, some, there's like one moment of shock which takes just a beat, and then it's again they 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 find a way to to find freedom, to find life, to be joyful. I think you could put them in that cupboard, and they would just, you know, make um, have a good time. They they just don't allow anything to. Um, to take their liveliness out of them ever and their inner freedom. So, so interesting because as we're talking, I can hear the liveliness behind us. That it sounds like you're in your family <laughs> preparing for Christmas. So there's like I can hear the I guess the, the child that was born while um, soon after you were doing post production of the film. <laughs> no, he, he's born during post production actually. Oh, he was. Uh, yes, he's the co-director. I call him. So. Uh, you know that you've shown the film in different parts of the world, and uh, it seems like I would imagine that the film, which feels like a very French film to me, would be seen very differently in Turkey than it did in France. I'm wondering how people uh, have responded to the film in different cultures. Mm. Uh, well, in most cultures, the thing is something which was as strikingly uh, received as. Uh, uh, resonating with experiences of people from really the four corners of the world and I was very surprised the first time we showed it in Cannes uh, that first evening people came from the distributors from every single different country came to, to say hello and and they mostly women from sometimes countries which had no intersection with, with Turkey whatsoever um, either culturally historically religiously nothing uh, would come and say this is so much uh, my experience and this is exactly something that I have lived or so close to something that I have lived uh, so that was a, a striking thing then in Turkey there was something about the reactions were very different extremely polarized uh, either people um, love it or hate it and the debate is more around something which is maybe not so interesting in terms of cinema because Turkey is a territory where you have little films that come out and are seen uh, in the world and there has been a precedent like Midnight Express which was just like such an awful film and which damaged uh, the image of Turkey so horribly for decades. The Turks are very, you know, um, uh, susceptible about how you would show the country. So th there's something which is, uh, okay, you can't uh, tell the dirty secrets of, uh, you know, they would rather have a film with the Chevalier who saves the lives of everyone from the beginning to the end of the story and we're uh, going in many uh, uh, we're very frontal with sometimes dark uh, things about what it's to be a human being so we're yeah uh, uh, not always just like 
uh, doing anything that looks like any kind of uh, uh, spot for, you know, uh, Turkish Airlines or, but, um, uh, yeah, so, so the, the reactions are, are quite passionate and, uh, in good and bad. I could say it's half-half. Half-half. Very yeah, but interesting. Very, like, yeah, very, very, very passionate. Like the people who hate it are very aggressive and people who love it are very emotional. So the film is entitled Mustang. It's directed by our guest today, Denise Gamze Arguvan. The film was at the director's fortnight at Cannes. It showed at, uh, at Toronto Film Festival and was the French entry for the best foreign language film at the Academy Awards for this coming year. Year, and it's made the December shortlist of nine films. It was also nominated for a Golden Globe Award for Best Foreign Language Film. And the film opens this Friday at the Rafael Film Center in San Rafael and the Opera Plaza in San Francisco. Um, Denise, it's been wonderful for you to talk to us. Here you are in France <laughs> on the yes. eve of the holiday. And um, I want to thank you. It's a lovely film and it is in my top ten. So thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for your time and have a Great day. Thank Bye. you. So this is Raina Cowan. You've been listening to Frame to Frame, a look at film. I'll be back next month to talk more about film. Thank you so much to li for listening. Mustang, directed by Denise Gamze Arguvan, opening this Friday. Thank you. This is Brian Edwards Takert. I just wanted to say thank you so much if you pledged during our holiday fun drive. We didn't quite make our goal. But we stuck to our guns and we ended the fun drive earlier than we did the year before. And if you did not get a chance to give, we do for a very limited time have the thank you gifts from that fun drive still available through our website at www.kpfa.org. And as luck would have it, we still need money. www.kpfa.org. And remember, the end of the tax year is coming fast upon us. So if you're looking for a donation to take off your 2015 taxes, do it right now before you forget. 